Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the podcast. This is the first week back in school with students here where I teach. That's always an exciting time of the year. And we'll circle back to that a little later in the episode. First, some good news. And the organization we're going to feature in our good news segment this week is an organization I've had the pleasure of communicating with talking to their founder, Mr. Jordan Miller, on a few different occasions and getting to collaborate with them on some things. It's an organization I really like, feel strongly about, called Generation Y. And as I mentioned, they were founded by Jordan Miller. Right on their website, it says, a quote from their site, motivate every generation by revealing their purpose and providing opportunities to pursue it. They focus on a lot of anti-bullying, bullying awareness, suicide awareness, and everything they do is really centered on finding your purpose, pursuing your passions and your sense of purpose. Their website is pursueyourwhy.org, and if you see... Sort of the abbreviation for their name, Generation Y, it's G-N-W-Y, Gen Y. They've got a bunch of great stuff out there. They do in-person presentations at school that are very upbeat. It's a lot of kind of hip-hop, spoken word, dance, very up-tempo, connects with young people. I love their message. As I said, I've had the pleasure of getting to collaborate with them a little bit and communicate with them, hopefully a collaboration that will continue, but I'd like to direct people to, and we'll put up on our socials and things, links to Generation Y, just great content for students and really anyone looking to get a little closer to their purpose and their passion. Our next segment is actually our family time for this week. For those unfamiliar, family time is what we call our social-emotional learning that I do in my classroom that we share with our district and that some other schools have picked up and done some things with. The name family time came from my students. A few years ago, I wanted to more formally address some social-emotional learning, spend some time really diving into emotional intelligence. We didn't originally call it family time, but some of my students tend to call our little group in our classroom a family, and I like to have that feel as much as possible. This idea that we care about each other even if we don't always agree, even if sometimes we get on each other's nerves, we're a family in the sense that I'm not giving up on you. And I want to create an environment that feels like how I felt growing up sitting around the dining room table with my brothers laughing and joking, but also being able to have real meaningful conversations the same way I feel when I sit down to dinner with my kids now and we can joke about things, but also talk about what's bothering them and how they feel. So family time was really a perfect name for it. 
Another student also suggested that we always keep track of the number, meaning we do typically about 36 lessons throughout the school year, a new topic each week, and we just keep track of them. So we've been formerly doing family time for the last two years, and that leads us to family time 73 to kick off this year. This family time is entitled, Why? Why is a great place to start with anything? And it's a concept we'll circle back to again and again. It's really at the center of everything we do, or it should be. We should ask ourselves why. Why do we feel this way? Why do we do these things? Why do we want to pursue the things we feel we want to pursue? So that's where we're starting. And I've really got three questions that I want my students to answer this week. The first is, why do you matter? The second question is, why do you think we focus on social-emotional learning? And the Third question is, why are you here? I'll elaborate a little bit. That first question, why do you matter, is so important. And the heartbreaking thing is I typically start the school year with this question and I will have some students who don't have an answer for me, who don't feel like they matter. And if we, as teachers, expect to positively impact the students in our classroom, we have to break down that barrier first. We have to help our students believe that they matter, that they're worthy of a sound education. And that's true to anyone who's watching this and to any of my students as we talk about this in class. You do matter. You are important. You are worthy of good things. And that's part of why we're doing this. But it's something that I need you to believe. It can't just come from me. So I want to hear why do you matter? And I want you to be specific. Sometimes students will give me a pretty broad, generic answer. They say, well, I'm a person and all people matter. And that's true. And I agree with that. But I want to know why you matter. What is important about you? What is significant about you? And if you don't have anything yet, we're going to help you find. We're going to help you find those things that let you know you matter and you are important. The second thing, Why do you think we focus on social-emotional learning? Your answers can vary there. I can tell you, from my perspective, social-emotional learning is the most important form of learning. I believe emotional intelligence is the highest form of intelligence. And it applies to every aspect of your life. It'll help you achieve success in any endeavor. 
in academics, in athletics, extracurriculars, in your career, in your family, in your life. You will need emotional awareness and emotional intelligence. And if we can help you build strengths in that area of your life. And emotional intelligence is adaptable. It can change. It's not fixed. If we can work on that, we empower you to do whatever you want to do in your life. And that's really what I want to help you do. And that's part of the reason for me, if I go back to the first question and answer it myself, why do I matter? I think I matter because of the roles that I choose to fill, the roles that I find central to who I am. I consider myself a father first. That's an important role. I have two children who are young enough that they still rely on me for a lot of things. But even as they get older, I want to make sure that I'm impacting them in a positive way, that I'm giving them tools that they need. And that role ties in very closely with my role as an educator, as a teacher and a coach. I feel I matter that way because I'm entrusted with a lot of young people who I can have an impact on. And that's something that's not, I don't take that lightly. So I matter because of that. I think I also matter because of these other things that I like to do. Trying to find ways to empower people and improve people's lives, even if it's one person, one percent. Making one person's life even one percent better. Those things matter. And that's what I want all of you to understand, that you have that ability and that power to impact other people, and that matters. So we're talking about why we matter, why do you think we're doing social-emotional learning, and the last thing is why are you here? And I don't mean that in a big sort of philosophical way of why do we exist or anything like that, but in the high school, my classes are elective that I teach. The middle school classes I teach are required, but my high school classes are electives. The the coaching that I do, the sports that I coach, those are, of course, optional. I want to know why you're in my room, why you are in the activities that I get to coach and get to help with. I want to know even the things with which I'm not involved. Why do you Do the extracurricular things that you do. Why do you take the classes you take? What are your ambitions? What are the things you're doing now to help set you up for your future? What are the things you do socially? Why do you do those things? I want to know from your perspective why you do the things that you do at this particular stage in life. That's a great question we should all be asking ourselves all the time. Why am I doing this? Is it setting up where I want to be? Am I doing it because it's an instant gratification? Am I doing it because it's helping lead me to a goal? 
Am I doing it because it's easy? Am I doing it because it's difficult and I want to learn and grow? That kind of all falls under that category, but I want you to spend some time thinking about that. Why are you here? Why are you in the spot you're in in life right now? Because that'll help us determine where we want to go. And we're going to focus on that a lot this year. For me, I am where I am, back to why I matter, because I love being a father. I love being involved in my children's lives. I love being a teacher. I like the subject areas I teach. I love the students that I get to be around. I love the school in which I teach. I am where I want to be. And I want to make sure that all of you have an opportunity to be where you want to be in life. And that may be a difficult journey. But the social emotional learning that we do will help you get there. That's our family time for this week. We'll be talking about that in class. And as always, if anybody wants to communicate any of their thoughts and feelings and answer these questions as well, reach out. That's what we do in class. And we'll continue with our family time curriculum throughout the entire school year. Have a great one. Much love. Next, we'll talk about the blog post for this week, which is the last 20%. That comes from an old construction carpenter's adage. I'm certainly no master carpenter, but I've worked a little construction. I've done quite a few home improvement projects and remodeling things. I'm not an expert by any means, but an old saying is that the last 20% takes 80% of the time. And in terms of construction, that's often pretty accurate. If you think about building a house, the framing of a house generally doesn't take that long. Obviously, it depends on a lot of different factors, but an experienced crew can frame a house pretty quickly. It goes from a foundation to a stick-framed house with walls pretty quickly, and it looks like something. It goes from nothing to there are the bones of a house. Then you start doing the sheeting. If you put sheeting on a house and on the roof after you have the rafters on, that goes pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden, what was once kind of a skeleton of a house now is enclosed. That happens pretty quickly. It looks like we're making all of this progress. Like at that point, it looks like a house. Then I always think of doing drywall, the interior walls. That's what always sticks out to me when I think of how fast the first 80% goes versus the amount of time the last 20% takes. Because if you're talking standard sheets of gypsum board drywall, and they come in different sizes, but you're talking often four foot by eight foot sheets. You get a couple people even if you're pretty inexperienced, 
you can cover the ceiling and walls of a room very quickly. Hold them up, screw them in, at least get them tacked up. It goes from, again, this sort of skeleton to now it looks like a room. And to me, that's always kind of a cool moment when doing construction is where it goes from just this framed up thing to really looking like a room to being 80% of what a room is. It's closed in, the area is defined. But after that, when doing drywall, you've got what seems like 80% of the job done because you've covered all this area. But then there's taping and there's doing the mudding with joint compound and there's letting that dry and sanding it and doing second coats, filling in screw holes, all those sorts of things. That takes a lot longer than hanging up the drywall, than hanging up the sheets of the gypsum board. Because it's, it's more detailed, it's about filling things in and finishing them off the way that you want. Even after that's done, you have your room and your walls are smoothed out. Then you have things like putting in flooring, depending on the room, putting in cabinets or other fixtures, painting. All of that takes a lot of time because it deals with the detail. That's an important concept to remember in life. I think a lot of times we do pretty well at that first 80%. It's the last 20% that really separates how successful we feel, how happy we feel, how at peace we feel in our lives. Because that last 20% is the details. And that last 20% takes a lot of time. And it can be monotonous. And we don't feel like we're making as much progress as we did in that first 80%. But that's the difference. That's the difference between a sports program that always has winning seasons that's always in the playoffs always in contention for state titles and a team that has its ups and downs from year to year it's that last 20 percent if you're talking about football teams for instance they're both playing football they both probably have in offenses and defenses that are designed to work that they've studied that they've implemented so what's the difference? What's that last 20%? It's the little details. It's the culture. It's the things that make the team what it is, that give it its personality. And it's the same thing in a room. Whether it's a mansion or a little prefab home, a room is framed up and drywalled Pretty much the same way. It's the finishing that separates things out. It's what you're putting into there. It's how you want things to look. It's the little details. So that's so important for us to remember in life. That we need to focus on that last 20% and understand to take us from that 
80% to 100% where we want to be. We have to focus on the details and we have to be willing to spend the time and the effort. And we have to be willing to go through the monotony that sometimes comes along with that time-consuming last 20%. But that shouldn't frustrate us. It should also remind us that we're probably about 80% to where we want to be anyway. We're alive, we're breathing, we have skills, we have a dream, we have experiences that we take with us. We're probably, if we look at other people, people who inspire us, people who maybe do things that we think we want to do, we're probably 80% of the way to where that person is. But what separates us is that 20%. It's an important 20%. But we can take some comfort in knowing I'm not that far away if I'm just willing to commit myself to those last details. So that's the blog post for this week. I'll put that up. As always, if anybody wants to communicate with me, uh, share any thoughts related to what we're writing about this week, what we're talking about this week, please hit me up on the socials at Luke Nielsen Media and LukeNielsen.com, LukeNielsenMedia at Gmail, any of those sorts of things, and share your stories. We'll be back with our next segment. This week's podcast episode is brought to you by Breakfast for Dinner. Let's make every meal the most important meal of the day. And now, from me to you. Thank you for joining me again this week. It's an exciting and a busy week for me as we start another school year. I know a lot of you are starting school again, whether you're a teacher, a coach, a student. Even if you aren't involved with education as a career, many of you are parents and your kids are going back to school. There's just something about the rhythm of a school year. I guess much of my life, most of it, has revolved around that rhythm of the school year. This is always an exciting time for me. And it is a busy time as I'm teaching and coaching and I have new things that I want to teach and talk about. But just remember, it's so great that we can have sort of a fresh start as well. And even if you you aren't in education where you don't have what we have, where it's one school year ends and a new school year begins and students move into another grade. Even if you don't have that, take this opportunity. Decide that this can be a fresh start to go wherever you want to go, to be whoever you want to be, to do whatever it is you want to do. Often in life, we wait for those fresh starts. We wait for New Year's. We wait for some big event. The start of a school year is a great time to set some new goals and do some new things, to form some new habits. But even if you're not involved with the school year, 
Take it as an opportunity. Decide right now. This is where I want to go. And that starts with what we talked about this week, determining some whys. Why do you do the things that you do? Why are you motivated by the things that motivate you? Try to find your why. And we'll continue to circle back to that. But start asking yourself some questions about what you really care about. What your purpose really is. That's your why. What is your purpose? And then start focusing on the little details. Focus on that last 20% that makes all the difference. You can do it. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. Love each other. Love the fight. I'll be seeing you.